second. Alrighty. You can do it whenever you want. <coughs> Joking and done. Let me get a drink of my Monster Energy drink at 7 o'clock at night. Perfect. Bye, Bucky's. Bucky's. You got a Bucky's cup. See? Oh, he's in. He's in. He's got the Bucky's. He's bought. Yep, I'd have figured out what it was. <laughs> it's a beaver. It's a beaver. <laughs> but it's more. It literally have a coffee mug that says, it's a beaver. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bucky's. All right, Matthew chapter 27. All right, so welcome. Here we go. Welcome back. Um, so, all right, so this this chapter begins um, with Jesus being led um, by the chief priest and the elders to go see the governor, which is Pontius Pilate. Um, there's still, you know, the end state for their goal here is to take him to Pontius Pilate so he can um, give the authority to execute him because they actually don't even have that authority. So they're taking him to see him. Um, they're leading him there. He's bound up to go see the governor. Chapter then jumps over as in normal Matthew's writing style and talks about Judas for a second here. Basically, Judas goes back um, to try and give back the 30 pieces of silver that he was given for betraying Jesus. Uh, he tells him, I've sinned. I've betrayed him. He's innocent. Please take this money back. You know, he's trying to like make his conscience feel better or whatever. He threw the pieces down, uh, leaves and goes and hangs himself. Um, they take that the money, the 30 pieces of silver, um, which interestingly enough, I think we might have mentioned this, is the same cost of a slave back then. So it's kind of crazy he sold out Jesus for the cost of a slave. But anyway, they take that and they buy a piece of land um, with that to bury um, strangers in or foreigners in. Um, so back to Jesus. He's still there with uh, Pontius Pilate and... They're trying to prove that he has some fault, right? They've been trying to, in the previous chapter we talked about, there's no fault in him. Pontius Pilate isn't seeing it. So he's asking him some questions like, are you really, you know, Jesus? Are you the king of the Jews? Things like that. Um, Jesus basically answers by saying yes. Um, but going through this story in this chapter, the, the big thing that's happening here is he is trying to convince this mob that's trying to get Jesus crucified to to release a, someone else or to have someone else um be, I guess, crucified in this case, because they can release one person's customary tradition during the festival. They can release one person. So he's basically, Hey, let's, let's free Jesus. Cause I don't see a fault with him. Um, and you know, that, that was their goal, but they were basically not having anything of it. Uh, he was trying to basically they're saying no. And he's saying yes. And they go back and forth about whether it should be Jesus that gets crucified or Barabbas, um, who's one of the other criminals who's there. Um, so while this is going on, Pontius Pilate's wife comes to him and says that she's had a dream, um, that she's been tormented by, this, tormented by this dream, and she wants nothing to do with this, with Jesus or the situation, uh, which then leads to Pontius Pilate washing, washing his hands of the situation before the people, so before the mob, and saying that his crucifixion or, or his execution um, would not be on the hands of the Jews. Basically, we're saying it wouldn't be on, on their seat, is how, how it says uh, in Matthew here. So... This mob, you know, they came there to get him crucified. They've pretty much got their way. Uh, Pontius washes his hands of it and says, now the blood will be on your hands. You know, you as the, 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 the mob, which is, again, these, these Pharisees, scribes, uh, Sadducees. Um, and they say, basically, that's fine. The blood will be on our hands. Not only that, you know, the blood will also be on, on the hands of our children. They even go that far with it. So then they release Barabbas. So Barabbas gets to go free and Jesus does not. Um, so the soldiers then take Jesus, um, and they begin to scourge him, is how Matthew words it, um, 
Other Gospels go a lot deeper, but we'll stick to what Matthew's account here. They begin to scourge him and mock him. They strip him of his clothes and they give him clothing that would have been, you know, represent, representative of a king. Um, so they give him uh, a scarlet robe, which is like a royal color back then. They give him a, what do we call it? A, se- a scepter? Scepter. A scepter. Yeah. A scepter. So, like, you know, something a king would, you'd see in the Out movies. Of a stick. It a was stick. Just... Yeah, stick. And then they fashioned him a crown uh, made of thorns. Um, they beat him. They mock him. Um, you know, they all kneel before him and, you know, sarcastically say, you know, all hell, Jesus, the king of the Jews. Um, they beat him in the head with a with a rod, which, of course, he's wearing a crown of thorns. Um, and then they're, they're basically like their master, their headquarters building, their hall. And then they leave from there, and Jesus, as was customary, um, would have to carry his cross. Um, so he carries the cross as, as far as his like human body allows him to. And at that point, the the uh, men there, the soldiers there, have a man named Simon um, take up the cross and carry it the rest way to uh, Golgotha or the the place of the school. Um, once he gets there, um, he's placed on the cross. They try and give him. Um, is it vinegar mixed with, um, uh, mingled with gall, um, which is basically, it's like a drug, uh, like kind of to take the edge off essentially is what it is. He denies it, which fulfills some prophecy. Um, when they're crucifying, they, they cast lots for his garments. Basically they're rolling dice to say who's going to get the, you know, the robe of Jesus and stuff fulfills more prophecies. Um, when he's hung on the cross, they put a sign above him. And normally the sign that they put above a criminal is like their crime, you know, a murderer, or a rapist, or whatever their crime is that deserves crucifixion. In this case, the only thing they have against him is it says, this is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Again, they did it in a mocking way, not realizing how true the statement is. Um, he's crucified between two thieves, uh, one on each side, one on the left, one on the right. Um, one of the thieves, along with a lot of passerby, they mock him and say, well, if you're really the King of the Jews, or you're really the King, you're really the Son of God, like you say you are, then you should be able to just, you know, save yourself and come down from the cross. Um, again, he doesn't do this obviously because, you know, it's father's will. Um, during this event from the six hours to the ninth hour, which is from noon to three o'clock, um, it's complete darkness. And then Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? This is one of the seven famous things that Jesus says from the cross. The only one that Matthew records. Um, when this happens, a lot of other events start taking place. So, um, there's earthquakes, there's like other people being raised from the dead. Um, you can see that in verse 52, things are like completely crazy to the point to where one of the, the, the crazy things to me in this, this, this chapter is it actually even says that the, the guards that were around watching as Jesus says this and the earth is quaking and all these things are going on is truly this was the son of God. That's, that's the realization they finally came to as they just killed, uh, you know, killed Jesus. Um, this chapter is concluded with uh, the burial of Jesus. Um, there's a man named Joseph. Um, they list him as a disciple. He's not one of the 12 disciples, but he's a follower of Jesus. Um, he goes and persuades uh, Pontius Pilate to give him the body of Jesus so that he could uh, have his body delivered to one of the um, grave sites, basically, that he owns uh, as a rich man. Um, so they take the body down, take it to the tomb, um, which is basically just a giant hole in a rock. Um, and they roll a great stone in front of the door. Um, the next day after this happens, the chief priests and Pharisees, they get together with, with Pilate and say, Hey, you know, they all said, and Jesus said himself that in three days time, I will rise again. So we need to 
put guards on the tomb to make sure that the disciples do not come back and, you know, steal, steal the body because then they're going to go and, you know, have this false teaching that, you know, he raised from the dead when they were convinced that he wouldn't do it. So they sealed the tomb and then they put uh, guards on watch. And that is where chapter 27 is concluded. <sighs> heavy, heavy chapter here. Yeah. What are your indeed. thoughts, man? <clears throat> it almost takes... We're definitely not trying to take away or belittle or shorten something that's so serious. So we'd like to put that out there first. Yeah. Um, but it also, with us giving you, the listener, just a small fragment of, you know, the power of these words, it should hopefully get you to go out there and read for yourself. Um, we did talk about this before we started, was the Eli Eli uh, I don't know, Lemma <laughs> Sabashini, which is Arabic, right? Uh, Arabic, Arabic, yeah. Arabic, yeah. And then um, that's, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? <clears throat> and then some of the onlookers were like, yeah, call for Eli. Um, see if he comes and gets you. But what blows my mind is like all these things are happening and it gets dark out of nowhere. And it like, the whole town's dark and things are like natural disasters are starting to spin up and nobody thought like, Hey, maybe we should get them down. Yeah. They just kept going. I That's think, how like crazy these people were. Yeah. I think, I think well, obviously crazy. I think they didn't really attribute to him at first. I think, Oh, it's dark. That's weird. Whatever. But I think when he made that final cry out, you know, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? And then all the other events happened. I think that's when they came to the true realization that, Wow. I mean, mm-hmm. this man made it dark, cries this out. There's earthquakes. There's, it's, it's, um, and the graves have to, the graves which were open and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and made themselves known to many. Like, people had been, you know, gone for, you know, however long, come out of the ground. I mean, I don't think it's like, I don't think it's like yeah. zombie style, but like, you know what I mean? Like, their, their spirits come out of the ground and they're going to the city. Like, can you imagine the, the, the chaos of that moment? Yeah. So I think I think it was such a... It must have happened so quick, too. Like, it must have not have been... Because if you... When we go into, like, the He is Risen 28 and in, in further in, like, there's no mention of, you know, the chaos that it brought. Like, sure. yeah. I'm pretty sure if I'm just walking around in town and, like, all these dead people start popping out of the cemetery... There's something yeah, I'm going to start. Notice I'm going to start talking about something. You know what I mean? Like, whoa, what the? But um, I think the the other thing I I, I completely missed, and it's probably one of the most important things of this section curtain. too, is the curtain. Mm-hmm. So uh, the veil of the temple was written twain. So my Bible says it was written too. So if you look into that, and it's just one little verse kind of tucked in here, the curtain they're referring to is the curtain that's inside of the temple that's between the holy place and the holy of holy, which is a, a a location in the temple that only the highest priest would go once a year. Mm-hmm. And he had to be like perfect. And you know what that was, right? That was like the bef- presence of God, the presence yeah. of God. Yeah, so, and if he went in there, like not prepared, they actually tied a rope to his foot so they could drag him out dead because he went yep. to the presence of God, not prepared or yeah. unclean or, or unclean. Something. Right. So that curtain, and if you research again, it's not like a small curtain. It's not like a small little, Oh, let me just, From what I understand it's huge, huge. And it, and, what it's made of, they actually say, I forget how, how big and like the actual dimensions of it, but we're talking like inches thick too. Like this was a monumental thing that they yeah. had to get, you know, build and, you know, 
hang up and all this stuff. And then it's written to from top to bottom, which is significant because that represents that, you know, from heaven to us, it was, mm. it was torn. Right. And then it also signifies that now the Holy of Holies is open to everyone. Right. It doesn't have to be the chief, mm-hmm. this chief, you know, <laughs> priest, and this can only go once a year. No, that's not the case. And we'll, we talked about this off mic. We'll get into that in 28. But that is now we have, we have direct, direct access yeah. to God. We can pray to him through the Holy Spirit. And like, that's huge. And I just completely missed it. So we're back to that. There we go. It is it is pretty cool, like to uh, read up on just that and like yeah. what the prop, what the like the we, significance. Yeah, and we so. look at like Jesus now, and you got to look at pre Jesus, pre Jesus, to understand the Holy of Holies area, because that's where people went to experience God. But while Jesus was walking on the ground, like that is where you should have went to experience God, mm-hmm. um, and then. You know, just like you already said, the split between the two was the fact that, you know, when they say God is around us all the time or, you know, we're together, there I am, like that started after the fact of Jesus's uh, resurrection. Right. So, yeah, it's pretty neat that you could have the Holy of Holies right here. Just three guys talking about the Bible. I mean, we're we're at we're at it. I mean, he's here. Yeah. Right. And so they, and they only had access to it once a year, and yeah. only one man. And we have it all the time. Yeah. That's what. Again, back to my conversation to these dudes. I said, "Who do you talk to? Like, who do you lay your burdens on?" It's it's. I heard this described one time. Um, so we we take for granted a lot of things we have now. You know. I guess post crucifixion, Jesus sacrificed for us. He's made this atonement for us. He's like, you know, he's our sacrifice. So mm-hmm. now we have direct access to him. Yeah. Right. Um, the, the way it was, they mentioned it or they, they kind of brought this out to me is imagine there was a time in, in the, in the universe, right. Where you lived on earth and only one night a year, you could look up and see the stars. You had that one night a year. Mm hmm. You'd spend all night looking at the stars, how amazing they are, right? Yeah. But we have access to the stars every night, and how often do we actually look at them? Never, right? Right. And so that analogy was like, man, so I have the stars every night, and I never pay attention to them. It's the same feeling of I have direct access to God all the time, and how often do I actually plug into it? It's Yeah, and it's so powerful. Like, uh, just just being able to, to lay your burden on Him and, you know, do do His will and do His bidding, like... My gosh, dude, like he is within you <clears throat> through this, through this chapter. I mean, I mean, just through this, yeah, through this chapter, it's like you're finding out why he's within us and why, you know, us three are sitting here and like why this matters and why Christianity is, is the truth and what, like all these, you want to know the why of everything? Just check out 27, 28, like that will give you the why of basically this whole book. Um, <clears throat> But yeah, yeah, it, it definitely opens up to where we are now. Our we are now the temple. Yeah, his temple. You know, yeah, he lives in us. It's yeah, it's his his place of residence, right? And every time you, every time you have an opportunity to speak of him and in a positive light, or every time you get to show him uh, through, <clears throat> you know, through testimony or whatnot, like I would, I, w- I would like to think that that place glows just a little bit more every time, like. In my, inside my body, wherever he is residing, yeah. you know. So it's and it it's ties cool, into man. what we talked about on yesterday's podcast too. Like 
how often people as Christians or, you know, I'll just say myself, how often I, I, I like don't take the opportunity to talk about Jesus or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Or I, I, I hide those things. So yeah. I don't say hi, but you know, maybe not hide, but avoid. I, I don't, I don't like, I don't proclaim them like I should avoid. And then you, you read and I know I just for sake of just, you know, this being a podcast and not being overly long and not going too, too deep into it, I guess. Um, and Matthew's account here, it's like, you know, about 11 verses talking about the actual crucifixion of what, what they actually physically did to Jesus. Yeah. But like if, if, if Jesus <clears throat> as, as a man, when he walked on earth, endured these things and we're worried about someone looking down on us, you know what I mean? Like if you read yeah. the other accounts, like he was beaten until he was unrecognizable as a man. Like yeah. the most brutal thing you can imagine. Yeah. The cat of nine tails. If you, yeah. you don't know, that's Scourge, like. Scourge. Um, that's when he says, uh. And that's a having scourged Jesus to let, yeah, 26. Um, I think that's what he's talking about. It is. Nine tails. It he, is. Just, yeah. he just, he does, he doesn't put it out. I think it's what Luke, it's, um, it, it's, it's coming. Like yeah. Mark, one of them talk about the cat of nine tails, yeah, but it's, it's, if you want to, if you want to see some kind of painful, torturous thing, yeah, and it, it, it's not it's even terrible. a good, it's, it's not a like a, a true representation because nothing could ever you know, like show it, you know what I mean? No, but really even the passion of the Christ, even the way it shows it there is just like, man, that's brutal, but that's still nothing yeah. in comparison, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's Hollywood. But if you're like us who mm-hmm. need a visual, visual. <clears throat> again, yeah, go check it out and give it, get into it, man. Like it's so, it's so easy to just set aside some time and we'll talk about that. <clears throat> we have a, Pretty cool special episode after we get through Matthew that we're going to go over. And I, I think there's going to be a lot of that kind of conversation. Like, sure. how do I get into it? And, you know, what are we what are we looking for? But, yeah, good job, man. As always, the Bible guy. <clears throat> I'll be the idiot on the other side of the table. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the idiot on this side, then, if that's the case. But, yeah, I think, I think, we, I think we nailed it. And, you know, our normal banter... Just wouldn't do, just doesn't work with this. Yeah, these two chapters. I, mean, I don't and, think we should. And to do respect for these chapters, we even discussed not even doing the podcast in our normal way and just reading the chapters for what they are. Yeah, because yeah. that the, the chapters themselves speak so much more than we probably could properly. But um, and there's a lot of little things so too many. in here that mm-hmm. we really couldn't go over, especially in twenty twenty five minutes. Yeah, like that. and and again, I I can't say this enough. You know. Pick up your Bible. Like, we should not be, we're, we shouldn't be your way we're, to the Bible. We should just be, like, an addition to. We're, people have to be fed by the Bible. We're just a little snack. Yeah. yeah you know? Yeah. Got the gym. Get your, get your bread. Work. Get your bread. Kind of like we stop at Bucky's. We're just, like, <laughs> a little snack. Getting those free samples like, in yeah. Publix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been so poor <laughs> that you went yes. to Publix for the free samples? Yes. Sam's Club gives the best ones. But anyway, that's true. That's besides the point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I appreciate it, and I, I hope the listeners appreciate like what Jesus has done for us. And again, there's just no good way to get through this other than what Matt just did and you guys actually picking up your Bible and reading. Yeah, let us know. Indeed. Let us know what you think. All right, we good. Good. Okay, bye. Hey, everybody! Thanks for listening. It is John, Matt, and Nick, and uh, you know our big thing and our big takeaway from everything that we're doing right now is to help you find Christ. And without him, we would be nothing. 
and this podcast would be nothing. In Romans 10, 13, uh, Nick, why don't you give it to him? For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And that's all you need to do. You need to profess your love for Jesus Christ, open your heart, and let him into your life. Uh, Find a friend, tell them, pray about it, do whatever you got to do. But there's a reason that you are listening to this podcast. If you're already saved, go save a friend. Do it today. Do it. Hurry up. Time is of the essence.